Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens, and joining me on the show this afternoon from Vancouver, British Columbia, Leanne Kenny. Leanne is the founder and operator of Curve Marketing. That's a digital marketing agency uh, with reach across North America and beyond. Uh, within that within that day-to-day, she works as, a, as an educator, a coach, a strategist, educating her clients on the best uh, marketing uh, for them and, and how to get the most out of their marketing dollar. You know, I think that digital marketing is a sphere these days that is heavily, heavily saturated. You know, everybody and their aunt uh, offers some form of, of digital marketing services, I, even myself, to some extent, you would say. So the question then becomes for the consumer, well, how do I decide? Where do I go to choose? And, and who provides me the best bang for my buck and the best and the most genuine service uh, when it comes to marketing? Um, <clears throat> and of course, there's many, many streams to marketing. But Listen to what Leanne has to say. She, is, she has done a lot of thinking about what her brand is and what Curve stands for. And, and to me and to her, I would, would think it's about educating the client, right? It's about letting them understand what it is you're doing, empowering them to maybe even understand further and take, uh, take the reins for themselves potentially um, when it comes to their marketing. So there's a lot here to, to enjoy and to pick on, chew on. Um, you know, I think even if you're not entrepreneur, even if you're not looking to market anything, um, although these days, who isn't, I would say, but you know, when it comes to mindset, when it comes to finding out what are your core values, when it comes to the importance of teaching, you know, the, the old slogan, those that can't do teach, I, I think is actually bullshit. And Leanne proves that in this episode, uh, we have to teach in order to grow. Uh, hence the title of this episode, right? So uh, enjoy it. I think there's a lot to learn. I know I learned a lot myself. Uh, you can apply it to your brand, your business, or just your life. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Leanne, she gives away a hell of a lot of free content and good information on her Instagram at Curve Marketing. And uh, from there, you may choose to to go forward with her and uh, see what else she has to offer. In the meantime, enjoy what she has to say. You will learn something. I guarantee it. This is my conversation with Curve Marketing owner and founder, a coach, a consultant, a strategist, and a hardworking gal. This is Leanne Kenny. Let's do it. All right. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to see you. And I'm really looking forward to hearing how you found success uh, in digital marketing. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast. Have you, You've done a few podcasts, have you, before? I have. Yes, I have. And they're awesome. I've had a great time on all of them. So oh, I'm glad to hear it. Let's hopefully keep the ball rolling on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so ready for it. Yeah, I had a, I've been on a few podcasts and one was terrible. That's what you'll say. No. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> um, I guess I don't remember how we connected. I think it was Instagram, right? Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Yeah. You're pretty. You're pretty prolific on Instagram. You're slugging away. It seems like every day. Yes, trying, trying to keep up with everyone, and then trying to keep up with my clients as right. well. So it's like quite the juggle. How many clients, roughly, for you these days? Oh my gosh, I can't even count anymore, to be honest with you. I told my team that we need to sit down and actually have like a group meeting and <laughs> right. count our clients because it's all over the place right now. And that can happen, right? Because you say, I mean, yeah. you say yes to a million people and all of a sudden a million people. Yeah, are, exactly. You know, 
So I guess I'm just curious, like it's Curve Marketing is the name of your, it's an agency basically. What is kind of the elevator pitch that you give? Like what is it that you guys strive to do, I guess, differently or better than, because digital marketing, there's a million people out there that claim to do it, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the success to see people succeed, honestly. And mm-hmm. that's as simple as that. Cause like there's a lot of businesses out there. They'll rig you for cost, <laughs> sure. especially in digital marketing. And I'm just like, why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, that... Think of it, right? Like if you were in that client's shoes and you had a budget, for instance, if you own a small business and mm-hmm. someone's coming at you and saying, Hi, I own a digital marketing agency. I would love to do work with you, but I charge $4,000 a month just for this one thing. Right. And this is what everyone charges. It's a simple like tactic that people use to kind of manipulate a mindset. Hmm. And to me, like being in the industry and me knowing the type, obviously it takes hours of work to do, but like me knowing the cost factor and me knowing owning a small business is like a budget thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, right. I, yeah, I'm just not about ripping people off. I'm just not for it. Well, <laughs> I, I love it. And, but so you have to build that trust with them right on some level because maybe mm-hmm. they've been ripped off before. So I guess I'm, I, it's interesting. You, you say you're in it for the success and I had written down, I guess for you, what are the markers of success for your clients or how do you measure success for them? So, um, what I always say, and this is the same thing with my team, success is happiness. If a client mm-hmm. is happy, that is success. Yes, dollar figures are important, but at the end of the day, you have to make sure that your client is happy. And same as me, like I need the same satisfaction. Does that kind of make sense? So if I'm working with someone directly, I want to make sure that they're happy with that work that they're receiving. And I want to make sure that I'm happy in the long run with how I'm treating my clients. Interesting. So, I mean, happiness, that's a fair way to judge it, I guess. If they're not bitch or if they're not, excuse me, if they're not complaining, it's... uh, (laughs) If they're not complaining, it's, uh, you're obviously doing something right. Yeah. Now, but I guess there's more, there's a little more to it than that. Like, and this might be simplistic, but like how much of that digital marketing is to drive sales and, and get those hard results, bottom line results for a client versus say like brand awareness or just having a presence on social media? Like, is that kind of a starting point or where do you start with those clients about what to expect? So a lot of times clients, especially in the small business industry, because we just kind of dipped both our feet towards like myself and my team Mm -hmm. have geared towards a lot of small businesses as of right now because Mm -hmm. of our economy and just even gas prices, things like that. Like everything's just hitting everyone hard, right? Myself included. And it's like, I can understand where people are coming from and I don't want to see people struggle, especially when it comes to owning a business. Mm -hmm. So in the digital marketing world, especially marketing as a whole, mm-hmm. people don't know where to begin. Right. If you own a business, where do you start with marketing? Yeah, I could get business cards. Yeah, I could get flyers. <laughs> sure. I could get pamphlets, but that's mm-hmm. so old school. Right. Everything is on the internet now, and there's so many other ways to utilize the internet in marketing your brand or getting brand awareness, awareness sure. that a lot of people maybe aren't sure of how to do mm-hmm. or just never heard of it. Like right. I've run lots of clients who are unsure and that's completely normal there's nothing wrong with that you're not dumb you're not stupid like <laughs> right. sorry excuse my language no, but no, like, trust I, me. I just I've said i worse. really do relate because mm-hmm. at the end of the day i was there at one point right. right we all have been there we've all wanted to strive and be successful in life with something that we're doing mm-hmm. and a lot of times we like back 
when I started, where did I start? Where do I begin? How do I begin? Even like little things, I was like accounting and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. love to give tips for what I know I experienced mm-hmm. so that people don't have to go through the same wrongdoings or going down the wrong path mm-hmm. and making a boo-boo, you know? Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just like to like relate on a personal level with people because of that reason. Well, that's cool. And I think because I see entrepreneurship as basically it's self-development, right? So you're not really doing anything other than just trying to be yourself and reach out to people and provide only what you can provide. Yeah, exactly. What, um, just before we go too far, what are the kind of the services that you do provide that, that you provide maybe more regularly? Like, um, so speaking of, in terms of like businesses and different sizes of businesses, I work with all sizes. So okay. when I first started out with digital marketing, I actually worked with larger firms. Okay. Now the process with that was a lot different because when you work with a corporation or a larger firm, there's procedures mm-hmm. and there's practices that you have to follow, which are a lot different than if you were to work with a smaller business. Mm-hmm. So This year in particular, in this last six months of the last year, Mm -hmm. I had initiated my team to develop a plan, like all of us together, to Mm -hmm. work and gear towards more small businesses as well. Because there's such a big divide between big corporations and small businesses. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and it's really hard and a huge struggle for small businesses to stay afloat, especially right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's been my main goal is okay. to work directly with that and focus, put my focus and a lot of help in my heart into helping people with their businesses, the small businesses. That's beautiful. And I, I, they're the ones that need it, right? Because big corporations, <laughs> they've obviously figured it out more, yeah, more or less. So yeah. I just want to press you a little bit. What is it that you'd say you're doing? Is it is it creating social media accounts and, and engaging with followers or building websites? Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually do it all. Okay. <laughs> so digital marketing as a whole is digital. When you say digital marketing, that's specifically internet, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. specifically on a computer, that's digital form of marketing, sure. but we actually do all marketing. So that it also includes exterior marketing, which means getting business cards set up, getting flyers, like the old school style of marketing, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, yeah. but as well, that kind of also falls into like um, banners. Mm-hmm. So like exterior banners, such as like bus stop, like bus stop banners and posters, or um, let's say big those big signs, commercial signs sure. that you see when you're at an intersection. So stuff like that. But uh, specifically wise, yes, we do gear towards digital, mm-hmm. which is all online. Because in the last two years, I was we should all know. <laughs> We have all been forced to utilize the internet. Oh, yeah. And especially when it comes to business. There are tons of businesses out there who don't even know how to convert their brick and mortar into digital marketing. Hmm. Right? Or converting it to an online business. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we do it all. Basically, we do everything. But as of lately, because we're working with small businesses, we're trying to help and educate people on how to get on digital. Okay. Now, is it... What do people have like misconceptions or they don't understand why they should do it or what's, I mean, what, when you're coming in on a client to try and help them, what is kind of those, what are those early hurdles that they need? Like, is it just that they don't understand it or they don't have the time for it? Um, it's a combination. I'd say it's a combination of a lot of things. Like mm. for instance, when you're owning a small business, I'm sure you would know cause you own a business yourself. Um, it's, hard to juggle all things at once Mm. let's say for instance if you own a a clothing line 
And you, let's say you're the person that um, sews the clothes. Sure. Put the clothes together. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's you doing that. But then how are you going to deal with your accounting? Right. How are you going to deal with your marketing? How are you going to deal with getting your employees? How are you going to, how are you going to do it all? It gets overwhelming, yeah. right? And so, especially when it comes to marketing, marketing, just because it's marketing doesn't mean that it's not multiple different steps. Mm -hmm. It sure heck is. It's, there's so <laughs> many steps to marketing and it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to clients coming in and asking, where do we begin? Where do I start? I don't even know what to do. That's my job to make sure that I'm genuinely giving them the proper steps. I'm showing them the proper ways and showing them ways to even save money when mm. it comes to like marketing on their end. Okay. No, that's great. I think, so it, it seems like it, it does start with education. I'd say 100%. that's why your Instagram page I think is great and it's honorable in some ways because you give away so much information for free. Yeah. Right. I do. <laughs> that's do. crazy because a lot of people are like, why aren't you charging for oh, this? Yeah. But I like personally, I love educating and I love teaching and I love building that relationship with people where I can make them feel confident about the work that they're doing. Mm. And so when it comes to giving out and sharing information, why not be insightful? Why not provide value and education to those that are, you know, out there unsure of what to do or those have never heard of these things I'm providing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel there's just so many things that are hidden behind closed doors, especially in the digital marketing world that people are just trying to take take yeah. take the money mm -hmm. and i'm like but why that do, it we're only on this earth for so long <laughs> like just oh, yeah teach teach show people the mm -hmm. way you know i mean yes there's obviously there's a charge factor and a cost but mm -hmm. that's different like in terms of like the surface level stuff that i can teach people absolutely i don't mind giving that for free 100 mm -hmm. but when it comes to like the actual like coaching and the actual mm -hmm. in-class work that's different because i now i actually have to break down like terminology steps in terms of like detail specific mm -hmm. and so that's where that falls into place oh that's cool i mean and maybe it's kind of it's cliche to people like you and me who are in it a little mm -hmm. bit more but you give away all that knowledge and you build that trust that when the offer comes to to work together on a paid yeah. it's like there's no question because you've you've done yeah. so much to this point for them absolutely and in this world we should not be so focused on just taking people for money mm. and i know that's that's so that's weird to hear someone say <laughs> because yeah. you know, at the end of the day we're all in it and working hard to be successful but mm. at the end of the day like i said we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow right you know, when you look back at yesterday, were you happy with mm -hmm. what you, you know, let's say helped someone with yesterday? Right. It's that simple. Man, maybe not, right? Maybe you look back yeah. and say, I put the wrong things. I, I, I weighed the wrong things too heavy, you know, and I did, I pursued the wrong things. You might say that. I hope we don't. It's so true. It's so true. And that's why, like, it's just funny today. I took five minutes and I went on LinkedIn and I searched yeah. under the entrepreneur hashtag <laughs> Because I'm like a newbie on LinkedIn, but I'm I'm trying. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I found this conversation between two entrepreneurs. And the first thing the guy says was, you have to live in your core values. And mm -hmm. it reminded me, that's where it starts. It's not about money. And it's not even about what the service is. It's like, no. who are you and what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> period. Exactly. Exactly. And this is like, and it's so funny because like, because I love teaching and because I genuinely love building relationships with right. people and 
having them feel confident about the knowledge I'm providing them. Mm. I look at it as this way. Like I am such a kid person too. Mm. So when you see kids, let's say you got kids going to elementary school, you know, and they're, they're in kindergarten and they're starting in kindergarten. They're obviously learning something, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like the teacher's coming up to them and saying, Hey, pay me for that toy that you're playing with, you know, sure. you know, the alphabet we just learned today, mm -hmm. you got to pay me for each letter that I said, <laughs> pay up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so That's it's hilarious. like, mm -hmm. we should not, we should not build that idea where we can't provide knowledge like right. at all with, you know, right. With it being, you know, having to think, okay, there's a cost behind this. I need to have someone pay me if I'm going to give them this information. Right. But so yeah. now, how did you then get into, so no matter what you're doing is teaching and kind of educating, is that sort of the, the base, the baseline for you, no matter what it is? Um, so with a team, because I have a team that runs across Canada, um, we work with all clients actually all over the world. Now we just signed with nice. a client all the way in Africa. So, um, the way I see it is that for me specifically, because being a face of the company, we just did rebranding yesterday, or sorry, last year, not yesterday, oh. but we did <laughs> rebranding uh, last year mm -hmm. and being now like the face for the brand. Right. And because I'm so focused on educating and the value behind educating, my team is very focused on like that work aspect and mm. getting people set up properly now on the actual like digital side, like sure. getting the computer steps done where I'm just adding value and educating people. So um, we, it's funny because like, it seems like there's such a, like a, a line between myself and my team, mm -hmm. but I'm learning so much from them the way they are learning so much from me and being able to provide each other and like everyone in the team, all the feedback and working together and then sharing that feedback with our clients is, I don't know. It's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. They're always learning something. Well, that's beautiful. And if you feel rewarded by it, then you're doing the right things, right? The, yeah, you, you absolutely. Hire and outsource the, the stuff you don't want to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Is it exhausting making those reels? Because you put a lot of effort into those reels. I can... Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it seems tiring. I mean, it must be doing the dances or, or and then you got to do the editing afterwards, right? So. Yeah. So, <laughs> so funny that you say that. So like reels, funny. Okay. I used to hate being a camera person. Okay. I'm the biggest nerd when it comes to like just being behind the computer, not showing face, like even for instance, right now, like being on this podcast, it obviously takes a lot, right? Mm -hmm. to, for someone to show face and to be in front of a camera and be themselves. Yeah. It yeah. took a lot for me. And okay. I know like there's a lot of people out there, like I'm sure yourself, same thing. It takes a lot true. to get comfortable in front of the camera. So those reels, I, at the very beginning, when I first started them, boy, oh boy, they were, <laughs> they were such a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Because right. you the feel stupid? Editing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, who am I doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is watching this and getting anything out of it? Exactly. But now it's become a habit. Like, yeah. it's really easy nice. to just, like, pop on my camera and be like, okay, I got an idea. Mm -hmm. Bam, put it into action. And then there we go. I think what I look forward to the most when I do those is um, adding the education factor on them, like mm -hmm. when I'm editing. But then the transitional Stuff, I'm just like, it's a challenge. Right. Right. Well, fair enough. I, I started this podcast in November of 2020 and it wasn't, it was almost a year later that I started actually doing video episodes. Good for you. Right. And then, but then here it's like, oh, now I care what I look like. Right. It's, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
exactly. I'm a guy. I'm not supposed to care like too much. Just enough. It's like enough to be presentable and not offensive. But now it's like, ah, oh, I should brush my teeth and my hair is my, ah. Uh. But, but. Isn't that so crazy oh, though when you think about it? Ah. Because it's like you were so comfortable before with yes. everything you were doing. Mm-hmm. And now it's like forcing you out of a comfort zone. Yeah. You expand in a different way. Right. And, but then Good that's how we grow. That's how we grow. Right. Exactly. And yes, now, I mean, I, and your reels are probably better now than they were at the start, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> practice makes perfect. Trust right, me. Right, right. <laughs> do you do you encourage your clients to to produce real like to make that sort of user not user but like self generated content? Like, is that useful? Hundred percent. Yeah. Always. I always say like now that I've done it so many times and it's become a staple and like a normal habit for me. Mm-hmm. I always tell like, even my students, all my clients and my students, I always tell them, you know, utilize your camera, do some video footages, especially now, nowadays, when it comes to like owning a business, mm-hmm. people want to see the face behind the business. It's not like back in the day where it's like, you know, the brand to the product right, right now. It's, it's all about the brand to the face. Like right. who is this person? Yep. Right. And I'm always encouraging that. Like, don't worry about what other people think of you or what they have to say about you, because at the end of the day, you're still succeeding. You're a step ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah. showing yourself and that takes a lot and mm-hmm. a lot of courage. And the fact that you're doing it, you should be proud of yourself. So who cares what everyone else thinks? Well, exactly. And that's, that's exactly right. So that's why it's so, <clears throat> it's so interesting how entrepreneurship and business building is, it's building yourself essentially, yeah. right? It's a personality yeah. thing. Like I have a friend who does video production and I do video production. I, he will say no to a lot more than me. I will take low ball offers and stuff. But when I think about it, it's a personality thing. I can tolerate that. He's a much prouder person, I guess. I don't know, but it's just, it's an exercise in becoming yourself more than anything. Yeah, It is. It really is. Because I always say like when something is pushing you out of your norm, don't be afraid to mm-hmm. test it out. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid because at the end of the day, yeah, it could be like, you know, a trial and error process, right. but you're still experiencing something that you never experienced before. You're still trying something that you've never tried before. So mm-hmm. what, how is that going to hurt you? Sure. Within, within reason, right? I mean, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but I, I hear you. I hear you. How can you know? How can you say no? Or how can you really know who you are if you haven't done as much as you could do? Yeah. So exactly. there's a lot of questions. I, I guess I was, I, I watched most of that LinkedIn live that you did with that fellow. Uh, was it Scott? Scott? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. How did you feel about that? Uh, Scott's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's great when it comes to LinkedIn stuff, knows yeah. his stuff for mm-hmm. sure. Um, that experience was awesome. I highly recommend, like even you guys should talk. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love to. Yeah, he's great. Um, <clears throat> I learned a lot from that call actually, because there are a lot of things that I didn't even know. And I feel like, especially like when you're on a podcast and you're <laughs> talking to someone, they can add so much value to you that you didn't even realize yeah. that you like, I didn't even know that. No, no. So yeah, LinkedIn, like, great platform. I have nothing against LinkedIn at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an awesome platform for a lot of small businesses to utilize, especially because Scott made a very good point. There's 700,000 people on there versus like millions on Instagram. Your mm-hmm. viewpoint is way more like possible. Like you can expand a lot quicker, I would say, if you mm-hmm. utilize that. I like, <clears throat> sorry, I like LinkedIn. There's something about LinkedIn where it's like, if you're on there, you're like, you're, they're kind of legitimate to begin with, right? Like there's so much crap on Instagram, like bots and 
whoever these women are that keep following me that I know it's not who they are in their profile <laughs> picture, right? Like, but there's like, <laughs> there's yeah. a certain amount of that that's just kind of not on LinkedIn. I'm sure it's there, but it's, it's interesting. It's a smaller web you're saying. And it's, yeah. it seems like everybody is closer to kind of having the same, uh, goals in mind when they're using LinkedIn. Yeah, it is a professional network, right? right? So it was known and created for professional like networking and a pro- professional platform mm-hmm. um, because obviously LinkedIn was known to have resumes and people go on there to apply for jobs and find right. jobs and network in that industry. Mm-hmm. But I feel like LinkedIn obviously is always going to be like that, but I feel like it's also expanding outward mm-hmm. and becoming a lot more open to other ways of advertising like businesses Mm -hmm. um especially now that they're adding on certain things like you can have a business page now connected to your own personal profile and it's like very similar to kind of like facebook in a way um but obviously facebook's huge right Mm -hmm. and linkedin and facebook have been around for a long time but linkedin obviously doesn't get as much notice as facebook does Mm -hmm. but hopefully that kind of changes up a bit with time right right yeah. Well, I like, he said, cause I asked you to ask him what kind of video performs best on LinkedIn and yes, I did. you did like very early on, which yes. I appreciate. He, of course. he said live video performs the best, which I was kind of hoping he wouldn't say that, because, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then he said, your video has to educate and inform people, which. Yes. But the thing about Absolutely. live video is you have to almost have a built-in, a, a large built-in audience who's going to be there for it. So, um, does that seem fair? I, yes. I, it's so kind of. Um, like if you're new to LinkedIn and you've never had an account on LinkedIn before, mm-hmm. as weird as this might sound, even though it's known for networking, if you create an account, just go on there and start adding a whole bunch of people. <laughs> is that is that the move? <laughs> Okay. Honestly, because I know when I got LinkedIn, uh-huh. that happened to me. Mm. And all of a sudden, I opened my account the next day and I've got 50 friend requests. And I was just like, "Okay, I don't know any of these people. Well, yeah, right? exactly. But it's a good way to kind of expand. And you never know what mm. kind of networking you might get out of that or like what individuals you might meet, right? And like a, like we said, it's there's a certain amount where it's like it's almost acceptable to just do that because clearly we're, yeah. we're trying to build a working relationship together on LinkedIn. If yes. I'm connecting with you. Yes, of course. I wanted to ask though, like is part of the metrics for success for your clients, building their following and building their audience. Is that, is that even on the map or, or, or what? So I know a lot of people really base their accounts on their following. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm going to speak in terms of my opinion of that. Sure. Um, everyone has their own opinion. Um, I feel like people spend a lot of time chasing a following, but mm. it's not about that. You need to grow genuine relationships with people because it's not about who's following you. It's not about right. how right. many followers you have. It really isn't. And especially in today's day and age, you need to network. You need to expand right. out there, get to know people. If you're not a social butterfly, step out of the comfort zone and give it a try. It's mm-hmm. not it's not going to hurt your, your, you know, your soul. Just do it. You never know who you're going to run into. Right. And at the end of the day, like right now, especially on social platforms, engagement is really important. Mm. Right. And that's a digital form of networking is mm. getting engagement and engaging with an audience. Just because you have a low following count 
doesn't mean that someone who has like a big following count is going to get more success than you. That is right. not the case at all. And so I kind of wish we could just break that stigma. And to be honest with you, if I was the creator of Instagram, I would have been like, get rid of that follow count. Hmm. You don't need it. Get rid of it. No one needs to know who's following you. Just focus more on networking, right? Interesting. That right. was like the whole like the right. liking pictures and stuff. At one point, Instagram um, had removed that for a very short period of time, one right. year, and then brought it back. And now you have the option to hide your likes. Mm. But it's but no one does. It's all a status thing, and right. that shouldn't matter. It, I mean, it shouldn't matter, but I guess it does. So that's interesting. So when mm. it, I, I wonder then if some of these these kind of like cheapo digital marketing agencies say we're going to build your following. Well, it's like, is that kind of a false thing? It's almost not. Um, I mean, everyone has their own way of pitching a sales to a client. Sure. And I mean, I'm not going to be against it because that's their way of doing it. But I know for myself and the way I speak, I genuinely don't want to make people feel like they need that status to be something. Right. Like you've seen Black Mirror, the, the show on Netflix, Black yeah, Mirror. Yeah, yeah. There was one episode in there where it was those little bubbles on people. I can't remember which one it was, where it was over their heads and it was a like count. Interesting. And like, dependent on how many likes you had as a person is based on who you can talk to that's on the same level as you. Whoa. I mean, that's, yeah. we're not that far and away from that. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, why should we be like that? Why? Why does that matter? Right? We should all be equally treated like with respect, you know, and care. Like, mm-hmm. who cares what anyone else thinks of you? So yes, um, in terms of other businesses and other digital marketing agencies, their pitch line, I mean, with all due respect, I have nothing against the way they pitch, sure. but I'm not chasing that goal. My goal is to be completely genuine and authentic with people. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. Well, hey, I love to hear that. And so that, because I had a question that was basically, is there ever really a replacement for in-person marketing and that sort of relationship building? Like right before the pandemic started, I was going to like BNI meetings and just, it just so happened that I was meeting people, you know, and it's like, there really is no substitute for that. So maybe could we see digital marketing as what, like a, a supplement to that or like it reinforces, you know, how do you sort of, sort of see that? Well, um, obviously, the in-person, personable body language relation right. that you have when you meet someone is not going to be the same as like a Zoom call, right? Because right. you can't really feel out someone's body language. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like the more people are getting comfortable in front of the camera, mm-hmm. the more they can be themselves, right? And the more they can adjust with their body language on a camera. Mm-hmm. So it's just, for instance, myself. Obviously, this is not my first podcast, but like I can tell you right now that when I did my very first podcast interview, I was nervous. Mm. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't even (laughs) act myself. Uh I was like so afraid of what someone's going to think when they watch this. Right. But it doesn't like it shouldn't, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, don't spend too much time worrying about what other people think and just be yourself. Mm -hmm. No, I I love to hear that. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm still curious then like, you make a good point though, I think, because I've actually found that doing the podcast over Zoom is is actually gets better results sometimes. Yeah. It, you know? I can see that. Yeah, 100%. Especially like doing like group calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are starting to become more engaging in them mm-hmm. and utilizing that tool a lot more, which is great. Right. I love that. So, but I guess on a percentage level or whatever, like how many deals do you have where you've never actually met the person? 
You know what but. I'm saying? Yeah. Would you say <laughs> so the majority, majority of them at this point? Um, I would say as of last year, because I've done a lot of um, it's small businesses now, like I've opened up my doors to small businesses. Um, I would say <clears throat> there's a high percentage. I wouldn't say like 90% or anything because mm-hmm. I like to be able to see who I'm talking to. Right, right. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> and, it, and it's not like I'm recording it with them. I just want to mm-hmm. be able to kind of understand and get an idea of who they are, mm-hmm. you know, put a face to a name. Right. Um, but in terms of in-person, because I have a lot of clients all over North America and now across the world, obviously the in-person aspect just isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does make it a little more challenging because there's a time difference, right? Sure. Yeah. Like so, a, okay, yeah. now I'm going way off topic. No, no, but you're not though. Percentage. I think you're good. I think <laughs> you're good. In terms of percentage, I would say about 65% of my clients I have never met in person. Okay. Which is pretty large. That's crazy if you think about it. I mean, yeah. that was unthinkable even what? Even two years ago, maybe to say that. Yeah, it's true. When did you, when did you move into digital marketing? Because you were doing other stuff before, right? Yes, I was. So I was doing, I started my digital marketing company four years ago, um, almost five now, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And we've done a few different phases of like rebranding, changing up the style of digital marketing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a trial and error at the very beginning, uh, just to kind of see which one suits our brand most. And I think Mm -hmm. we finally got it, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that takes time. Uh, I was doing project management for years, years straight. And I was working in a firm and I was dealing with third party clients. So I was a representation for a lot of third party clients. Mm. And I was very used to meeting people in meetings and running meetings in person. Mm -hmm. And now I'm running meetings on a computer, right? (laughs) So it's different. But yeah, I uh, was doing digital marketing on the side Mm -hmm. and then slowly it started progressing into a heavier flow for me with clients. So I had to kind of step out from the project management side and focus more on the digital marketing side. Well, that's, that's a good thing, right? You got, cause you were an employee essentially in that situation and you moved into being entrepreneurial. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to hear about the moment where you made that. Was it, it was a gradual shift, was it? Or was it like all at once you quit your job? No, it was a gradual shift okay. it, it, because in project management, you're handed projects, right? So the projects that I had, I had a goal in mind that when I hit a finish line with the projects, or if I'm at my last project, once mm-hmm. I hit the finish line, am I ready to shift over? Right. And I usually plan that way in advance. Mm-hmm. And so once I hit that last project, I was like, hey, it's time to switch over. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. So it's like a contract basis uh, yes. or like a project yeah. basis. Uh, yeah, as a project basis, um, contract and project basis for sure. Okay, so but it wasn't that free. Was it freaky then when you said no to that that last project, and then it's all you? <laughs> like it's it's you running your life now, like every aspect of your life. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, when I talk about getting out of that comfort zone, yeah. I was doing this for eight years, so it was becoming a regular thing. Like I was so used to the style of work I was doing. So coming out of that was like such a huge leap, right? Mm-hmm. But that, I think that genuinely that goes for a lot of people trying to build something of their own instead of yep. being a number in a company or being an employee for a company or mm-hmm. for a corporation. Now they're trying to be their own employer mm-hmm. and being recognized for their business of their own that they're creating. So yeah, that's a huge shift, right? It's but big, yeah. with it, 
worth it. it. You say worth it. Good. 100%. When I f- first started working in video production, I was hired as a freelancer and I yeah. didn't really re- even really realize what that was until one day they said, well, there's nothing for you right now. I was like, what? Yeah. There'll be something in a few months, but you're free to go look elsewhere. And I think I didn't realize at the time how, how f- thankful I was to have done that. You know, to go from university to basically being a freelancer and the freedom that that's allowed me in my life has, I mean, I couldn't imagine life without it. I couldn't imagine being an employee. Honestly, it's, yeah, yeah, honestly. I feel you. And it's just discouraging because like, let's say I have nothing against office work. Okay. I I have nothing else because I've done it for so many years, Mm -hmm. but there are factors where you'd wake up in the morning and you're kind of like nervous to go into work because you don't know what to expect that Mm -hmm. day. You don't know what someone's going to say to you. You don't know, you know, oh, there's a lot of clients that I run into where they were just a number at one point, as mm-hmm. they would say, quote unquote, just a number in a corporation. Right. And they would go to work every day feeling like they're walking on eggshells because mm. they don't know if they're going to lose their job or not. Interesting. Right. Because maybe the company all of a sudden gets hit and sure. that's it. That's the end of it for them. So I've heard a lot of horror stories like that. And I would never want to wish that upon anyone. Right. So that's why I'm always encouraging, like find something to do on the side. If that yeah. ends up being something that you're turning into your small business and ex- excels, which I'm sure it will push for that, push mm-hmm. for that. Don't stop. So that's interesting. That's a perspective I haven't heard before where it's because usually you hear, yeah, office work, I'm a number and it, life mm-hmm. is just so comfortable in a way, you know, it's like, yeah. it's the same thing yeah. every day, but you're saying, there's still amount of risk working for a corporation, especially if it's, if you're based on performance, right? Like that it's stressful because you need to work your ass off just to stay, or they could just dump you at a moment's notice. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. So is, was that the experience for you then? Because how is that any different than being an entrepreneur then? Because at being an entrepreneur, the bottom could fall out tomorrow too, but it'd be your fault, I guess. I think that's the biggest difference. So I think it's also a feeling thing, like an emotional thing. Mm. Like for instance, when you're working for a corporation and they, you know, you go to work every day, the same kind of expectations in in terms of like your plan for the day for Mm. your work, your to-do list is the same every day, or um, you have the same check every Mm. couple of weeks or some, some however it is, you're Mm. so used to that standard that now, you know, when someone comes at you in a corporation that works with you or it's your boss, or unfortunately they have to let you go or lay you off or et cetera, that comes as a big shock in my eyes, Mm -hmm. bigger than having your own business. And the reason being is because you were so used to such a uniform way of working that when someone throws you off that stream, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, I feel like I just got hit with a ton of bricks. Whereas if it's your own business, there's, so many ways to utilize different forms of like, I guess you could say help out there Mm. to help your business progress. So you kind of already have that lodged in your head that if I'm building a business, there's a possibility that it might not work out. Right. Right. But I'm always saying, you know, when you have your own business, what's your plan B? What's your fallback on your business? Great question. You should be asking yourself that because if you're going to go and take that risk, which I 100% am for, always keep in mind, if there were a possible chance that that didn't work out for your business, where can you lean towards? Right. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. 
but you're saying that even if you're working for a corporation as like a, you know, an office drone or whatever, just Mm -hmm. an employee, you should have a fallback at that point too. I guess you should always have a fallback. You should always have a fallback, but I think it's a little harder to have a fall and have that mindset to have a fallback when you're working for a corporation because you're so used to a set way of working in a corporation. Mm -hmm. So I guess in terms of like going to the office, working every day, eight to five or eight to four Mm -hmm. every day, you know, for a number of years, you're so set in that way that you get comfortable that you don't think you need a fallback because you're already locked in. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people, when they get like, an opportunity with a company and they, and that company has said, you know, I've given you the job. Here's a contract, sign it. That contract does not actually state how many years you're going to be with that company. Mm. It just says, Hey, I'm giving you the job. You pass probation. You're with us. But that doesn't mean that after probation, I can't let you go. Yeah. Or I can let you go at any point. Exactly. So I always say, you know, when you're the biggest difference here is that because there's so people like myself, um, get so comfortable in that in that environment right. you don't really think to have a fallback you don't really think okay I'm gonna need one because essentially you feel like you're secured right right and that's that's not where you want to be I think that's what you kind of were saying earlier you don't want to ever feel secure truly yeah for too, yep. for too long no yeah do you think it's a personality thing like where you're like I didn't, I almost was so dumb. I didn't realize how much risk I was taking by, by, by just being a contractor, not dumb, but just didn't realize. Do you think knowing what you know now, is it just that you are willing to tolerate the risk of being an entrepreneur or like, what is it personally? Like, forget what the business is, but why do you orient your life in such a way where there is all that risk? Because if there's no risk, there's no return. And I am such a strong believer of that because at the end of the day, like if you're going to sit, you know, in your chair comfortably and you're expecting to grow, I think that's going to be a lot slower of a progress. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, this is just an example kind of, a, I guess, as I would compare this to if mm-hmm. you're going to a bank and you're putting $100 into a regular savings account, that's mm-hmm. maybe 0.5 of an interest rate on your savings. Right you're waiting there for that to grow, right? You're going to sit there comfortably because you know your money's safe in that savings account. Safe. But then you go and take that money and you put it in a high-risk savings account, which would be stocks, mutual funds, all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Now you're at risk. Now you're thinking, okay, I could possibly lose this money or I could possibly double or triple in this money. Right. Right? Everything in life has a risk factor. It's really something you ask yourself when you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to take that risk? It's a crazy thing. That's a great, that's a great example is the savings account versus the stock. I actually did just that last month, took all the money out of this crappy little savings account (laughs) and put it into, you know, equities. And I didn't just throw it away. I did some research and talked to people, but it's like, also you're, that's a great way to look at it. It's like, well, the return is much higher, but I also, my life savings are now uh, out of my hands in in a lot of ways. Yeah, because you get so secure, right? Like, that's that same idea. You get so comfortable. You get so secure because you're like, I know I can back up on that. Mm-hmm. I know that's mine. No one's touching it, right? Right. But you can't necessarily think like that. And honestly, if there's one thing I wish this world had more, and I wish I could educate on this because I need to be educated on it myself, it is the, like, investing side of the world. Yes. I feel like there's such a gray area in that. And like day trading is another example before I completely go off topic with that, but like day trading, 
okay. people don't aren't aware on how to do that but like there's so many great opportunities about day yeah, trading definitely but then there's so many people out there who are frauding the system who just want to take your money and run right yeah. oh let me teach you about forex let me teach you oh. about day trading and then all of a sudden you know your twenty thousand dollars or whatever you invested is gone because gone. they ripped you off yeah that's yeah. a great point i, I yeah I see you're passionate about that. Have you? Yeah. I'm not going to say, have you been ripped yeah. off? But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty passionate about all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. because I wish there was just more genuine education out there and I, yeah, there's just not enough of it. And I think, okay, two things I will say now that this is not a financial advice podcast and not, <laughs> yeah. not to do anything that either of us says. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Don't, don't listen right. to me. I'm just kind of voicing an opinion. <laughs> an opinion. It's entertainment. It's, uh, it's nothing. Yeah. But you're right. Now that we've said that, it's like, I, but I also think because of this boom in digital marketing and like, you're right. Forex is a great example. Every day we get a, a DM from some bot. About, oh my gosh. Right? Regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. But and I lost my, I had a great point, I swear. And I lost it, but it, <laughs> it's okay. It was something like, uh, I think, okay, I'll say that a lot of that stuff, people, it's harder to trust now who to get educated by. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody is pushing some shit and it's hard. To, I, I agree that there should be genuine education, but it's hard to vet those sources as who's going to educate yes. me. Yes, it's hard. It's very hard, very hard to divide what's true and what's not. It's very hard to figure out what's right, right from what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, yeah. myself included, we all fall into that category where someone can say something that's too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And then we fall for it. And next thing you know, bam, we just made a big boo-boo. Yeah. With, with <laughs> your life savings or something, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it sucks that there's... Mm -hmm that out there in the world right. but i think the way to kind of really gauge what is trustworthy versus what's not is actually building a relationship with someone right. before allowing their advice to take over you know your habits right so i was friends with a guy's son for 30 years and then i let him advise me on stock trading that's what i did yeah, yeah <laughs> that's good. i i waited 30 years just to make sure he was serious yeah before i took his advice you also have to see returns, right? Well, you do. You no proof. Where's the proof? Let me see the proof. Where's the proof? <laughs> and he drives a pretty nice vehicle. So yeah, yeah there <laughs> you, know you go. I mean? He's doing all right. <laughs> he knows what he's yeah. doing with my money. Yeah. I would ask you then, what do you do personally to cut? Because like I said, just today I saw, I don't know, a handful of people who, who claim to do digital marketing, who yeah. claim to, you know, what, so is, is that what it is? It's just that personal relationship building that you put first. Yeah. yeah. Um, always. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's by word of mouth. Um, mm -hmm. Most of my clients are from word of mouth, even though like I've got clients like across the world. It's crazy just like how like one telephone phone call can like really change someone's perspective or really, really give them that thought. Okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. For mm -hmm. instance, an example would be I have a new client that just came from um, Orange County. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why he found me is because he saw my educational videos on Instagram. Mm. And so he reached out, we had a conversation and what, ha what is probably going to be um, a marketing team mm -hmm. that we're going to put together is now also on the other spectrum, like um, aligning with collaborations with something completely different mm. because we were able to connect on something even more different. And I'm just like, there's so 
there's, yeah, it's, it's interesting how the world works when it comes to meeting people. Yeah. And I feel like when, when you can connect with someone, I think you can feel it yep. by the conversation, right? For sure. And the universe yeah. is, you just got to let it do its thing sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think by you being yourself and just putting that info out there, it seems like it's paying off. Like literally people, pe- yeah. See, that's a, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I wish this podcast well, that's where this podcast is going is stories of people who just were themselves and succeeded mm-hmm. just because they were themselves. You yeah. hundred percent. We need to push that more, you know, you do Give you, just be themselves, like just be you and be proud of yourself. Yeah, that helps for sure. Yeah, exactly. Be proud of yourself too. Yeah. But it's not easy because we're in a time. Well, not even a time. It's just, it's always, it's, well, why? I'll ask you, why is it hard to be proud of yourself sometimes? Because we live in a world where the stigma is, you ain't good enough. Mm. You're never going to be good enough. And I'm so sick of that being such a thing, you know? Mm. Growing up, when you're in elementary school, we're going to go back to that for a second. You're a child. You know, kids, we've all experienced some type of bullying in our life. And because of that, we always have that thought in our head, we're not good enough. We're Mm. never going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's going to go into our adulthood, right? And there's adult bullies too, for sure. But it's like, I feel as though if you're succeeding in life and you're doing well, and if someone's going to be looking at you from a distance and saying, that person's terrible or trying to put you down in some way or another, just ignore it. Because the way I see it is that that should be a pinch in the butt to you to actually work even harder. Like that should be a push further forward. Hmm. Like let's go. That's a challenge, you know. That's it's wild because so much of that is circular, right? Because you could be bullied and then you could choose to just pass that along instead of taking the push, like you say. Mm -hmm. Take it how you want to take it. Like you always want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And so when I see people that treat people with disrespect or dishonesty or just completely like just a bully. I would say, you know, that person's clearly going through some personal stuff and don't take it personal. Like that's not about you. Mm -hmm. Just completely ignore it and focus on you and keep doing what's best for you. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a huge point to to make is like, don't take it personally because whatever that, that person is not, I mean, it's a lot of projection or whatever. Like they're not taking it out on you. They're taking it out on them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Ex- yeah, I didn't expect to get here, but I'm glad we did. That's kind of the- <laughs> I know <laughs> because I mean, digital marketing—you can only talk about that for so long. I mean, you obviously. <laughs> yeah, right? we completely like. I think we like drifted off into so many different aspects of like life and like right. you know as a person. So it was good. I loved it. I enjoyed that. I'm glad to hear it. I do a couple more things just to sort of round out the hour, I guess. Yeah. Um. It- how, like when you say curve marketing, like how big is your team and kind of what is the, what's the structure look like? Just so people know mm-hmm. what, what are they getting when they work with you, I guess. Um, so my team, like I had mentioned, um, we run across Canada and I have teammates that are just contracted with me mm-hmm. that are project specific. And then I actually have teammates that work with me fully. Um, so I, I am from Vancouver, so I currently live in Vancouver. I actually was not born and raised here. I am originally from Alberta. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm from Edmonton. What? Actually? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. 
That must have been. I think it was the YEG hashtag. That do you ever use that? I think that might. Yeah, be I do. Oh, I yes, it. I love it. Yes, Edmonton proud for sure. Beautiful. So, um, Edmonton has a beautiful small business structure. Uh, they support is amazing there. Mm-hmm. And I now that I've branched out into Vancouver area, obviously the lifestyle is a little bit different, right? So yeah. it's a little bit more challenging to get people to kind of be more supportive of each other because it's very competitive. Mm. Okay, it yeah, is. Eh? to this from Vancouver but (laughs) but so far it's getting better I will say it is getting better um I really do enjoy working with some of my teammates here that I have they're amazing people um I think all around the pandemic because that happened it's caused people to open up and build relationships in a different way Hmm. and be more vulnerable I've noticed like it's forcing you to be more vulnerable, which is, I'd say a good thing. Interesting. You're finding like you, you meet someone on a business level and they're more open to just talking about more things or. 100%. Like even yeah. this conversation, right? True. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. Got, so me. in terms of like teams, um, mm. majority of my team is in Ontario. Okay. Um, and then I have team teammates out here and then I have a few in Edmonton. Okay. When did you yeah. go out to Vancouver? I went to Vancouver last year. So oh. I've been here for about one year now. Yeah. One year, one year one as year. of, is it today? One year tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. I guess. I mean, do you miss Edmonton? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I always will have a love for Edmonton. Like, you know, they always, people, I do. One thing I'm going to say is that when I lived in Edmonton, I was always looking forward to moving out of Edmonton. <laughs> sounds about now, right. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Well, but now that I've moved out of Edmonton, I really have grown such a tight bond hmm. and appreciation for Edmonton. And I think the reason why is because the level of support and opportunity in Edmonton is amazing. And right. I, I think we took – I know I took that for granted. Mm. <laughs> and so – I, yeah, I always have a love for Edmonton for sure. No, that's fair enough. I, there is something about it and I don't know what it is, but there is a lot of, it, it's, it feels more tight knit. I, mean, I haven't spent any real time in Vancouver beyond like vacation, yeah. you know, but what was the moment when you said you had to leave Edmonton? Like what was it just that you, you, you felt like a small or a big fish in a small pond kind of thing, or you just wanted new or. Um, I think it was change, but I also wanted to expand outward. So Mm. I felt like I reached my red line and I had a goal Mm. in mind when I was building my business that once I reach my red line, I need to get out of that comfort and go outwards and find opportunity outside of that red line. So I think when it had hit me, it was that point where I was like, okay, time to go. Where is your next stop? Interesting. Yeah. Now I wonder, I guess that's more of a, is like you have family, what I'm getting at is like, you have family here in Edmonton, obviously was it, Yeah. Yeah. I guess to, to me, it's like, I'm less risk of re- risk tolerant in that way where like, I couldn't see myself doing that just yet. I feel like there's enough for me here and I wouldn't want to leave behind my home. Good for you. Well, maybe, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen so many people, so many friends and family members do exactly what you did and go out West and, and and most of them end up coming back. Yeah, actually, I am. I've, I'm very aware of that. There's a lot of people that do that, but you also like. I feel as though people do it on a whim without having like sure. 
a plan, you know? Right, a plan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say I had a plan, but I'm going to say sure. I was sure. prepared a little bit okay. better, more um, coming out this way, mm-hmm. for sure. So is it living up to expectations? Like, has it allowed you to grow? Has it I love it here. Yeah. I love it here. I know Vancouver has a very big stigma in terms mm. of, like, the networking side of things. It's very hard to network out here because okay. people are a lot more, quote-unquote, clicky. Mm. I've heard that a lot coming here um i guess it just depends on where you are because bc is huge vancouver is literally downtown there's like a core of vancouver and then outside of vancouver you've got your other suburbs areas or like cities hamlets whatever you want to call them like Mm. richmond surrey burnaby which funny because they're only like half an hour in distance from each other so Mm. that's like in edmonton when you're going from north side to west side or or you know, Shore Park to Stony Plain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same well, idea. We do it all the time. Exactly. See, so we're used to that. Whereas out here, that's a drag. Interesting. <laughs> isn't, yeah. there, isn't there a train that goes all those places? Um, There is a, a sky train that goes from one to the next, but the sky, the sky train here is utilized more, I would say within the core of BC, which is Vancouver area. Gotcha. Um, more so, okay. but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm just impressed you found a place to live. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. So, <laughs> to anyone listening to this who wants to move out to like the West Coast area, don't be afraid. Just because you hear that prices are expensive, if you think about it, obviously Vancouver area is advertised as being one of the most expensive places to live. Mm-hmm. But there's so many affordable housing like homes out, like not even ten minutes outside of Vancouver. Right, it's not considered Vancouver, but it's ten minutes across a bridge. Right, Vancouver, and it's way more affordable. Right, good to know. Good to know. So, are yeah. you you're just outside of downtown, or are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lived in the core of downtown, okay. but I noticed that I wasn't a big fan. Mm. Being my nerdy, introverted self, as weird as it sounds, like I don't seem like an introvert now because I'm fully talking on podcasts. Oh, I've and seen your before. reels, and you don't seem that introverted. Exactly. But in terms of socializing and stuff, Mm -hmm. I think I'm just not a partier. So downtown was a lot of that, like seeing that and hearing those noises, waking up to that is just not for me coming from the suburbs. Right. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted a bit lower key of a lifestyle. It sounds like quiet. I like quietness. Right. Leave me alone and just let me do my work kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have plans to come back? Like is what's, I guess the, the future then of curve marketing or is it, is it a brand you're looking to keep developing out there or where do you see it going? Um, so I do see big potential for curve marketing. I do see potential for both my team side, which is the actual agency side and then the educational side. Um, I love both ends of the spectrum. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. In terms of growth opportunity, I definitely don't doubt there's growth opportunity. There's growth opportunity in any niche that you fall into. You just really have to focus and right. don't let anyone get in the way of that, right? Um, I do take visits back to Edmonton to see my family, obviously, but I do have plans of actually doing um, big functions uh, for b- small business owners to okay. be a part of and come learn as I like educate. So they're more so like conferences and stuff. Okay. Yeah, and because Edmonton is such a great city for that, lots of small business people, lots of small business owners, um, I want to be able to utilize that side. 
Interesting. So, okay, yeah. that's cool. Well, let me know. I'll come to one of those. Of <laughs> course. Small of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> you said something very interesting that you just kind of blew through it and kept going. It was like, no matter what niche you're in, you can find success if you just focus. Absolutely. That's pretty friggin' interesting, don't you think? Yeah. If you because I feel like people are always so stuck with, okay, but I gotta do like some sort of business in the kids industry because like kids' toys are super popular. It's like this is like the most right. popular item. Like, no, like there's all of that. You see how I was just like, blah, 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 blah. like yeah, you could this no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no matter what niche market you're in, right? The biggest importance is actually putting dedication into learning about that niche market. And another thing too is I, I actually, for my classes, I teach um, the actual true value and meaning behind a niche hmm. because a lot of times people don't know what the term niche means. Right. Okay. And they'll just think that it means this, it means this, but no, there's actually a lot of value behind knowing the term itself because it'll help you figure out who your market is. Hmm. So how do you define niche then? Or how do you work it? So in terms of a niche, um, when it comes down to like target market or tar target audience, mm -hmm. you really have to know, okay, so I'll give you an example. I do digital marketing. My niche is obviously digital marketing, but I need to be specific right. to myself. So my core niche for myself is education in digital marketing. So you notice how I added education sure. in there. Now I've kind of narrowed it down. It's more like funneling down what you actually do and what you deliver. Right. So what I always say is, okay, if someone comes up to me and says, I own a clothing line, that's my niche. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at them and say, <laughs> I don't want to break it to you. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's very vague. Sure. You need to be specific, right? Okay. All right. With that being said, Leanne, I own a kid's clothing line company. Better. Okay, we're getting closer. We're mm -hmm. getting closer. Mm -hmm. Now, let's add a little more value to that. Oh, Leanne, I own a kid's clothing line for children ages, you know, 10 to 14 or something like that. Okay. Okay, now we're talking. Now we're getting there. Now you know what niche market you're in. Mm-hmm. I, right? I love that. And then I would say it's a clothing line for overweight 10 to 14 year olds. Like I like the Husky boys, you know, like I was. There you go. There you go. These guys need <laughs> jeans and shorts. Exactly. Okay. So that's, that's really important. And that, so I'm still working on that. I wonder, but it's so cool then that we get, that we see how your personal core values inform that niche, right? Like it's teaching yeah. above all, and then the sector or the business I mean, you, you could, in, in theory, go somewhere else with education in mind and find a niche. 100%. You could educate people about painting or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just, I see that to me is fascinating. Entrepreneurship is really a personality mm -hmm. development. It's And you get to know so much about yourself. You learn so much more about you mm -hmm. as a person, which mm -hmm. is awesome. That's what it's all about. I hate to be the guy that says a lot of people doing this, but sometimes I worry and myself included, we don't know enough about ourselves and we're running around in the dark. Wondering, yeah. You know? Yeah. So this exactly. podcast has helped uh, shine a little bit of light and, and, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. talking to people like you who, who at least see a little bit, right. And I see a little bit and together we see a little bit more. Absolutely. I'm so with you on that. You know, sometimes it takes more than one brain, right? 
Certainly. to kind of see different perspectives and like give different ideas out there for people. And I love that. I love mm. even just being on this podcast, being able to open up about that and you sharing your opinion, me sharing my opinion, and then us collaborating on those ideas. And now anyone listening can be feel either more insightful about what they're feeding someone else sure. with ideas or like being able to run off of what we're saying. Right. I hope so. That's the hope. Yeah. Sometimes it seems crazy to think that we could make a difference, but I think this is as much as it would look like to me is just conversation about that might, 100% agree. might yeah. make a difference. Um, if people want to talk to you, meet you, get to know your offerings, what's the best way to do that? Um, so there's so many forms of contacting me, like, uh, number one, obviously, as we were talking about reels, cause I'm gonna bring this up, we were talking about reels. So you see my reels, they're all over Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, mm-hmm. TikTok, uh, Facebook reels. Um, you can find me at my handle is at curve.marketing okay. on Instagram. Um, I also have a website. It's curvemarketingstudio.com. Okay. And yeah, if you go on my Instagram or my Facebook, you're able to get my direct information. Um, I also have a business phone number someone can contact me at, which is 250-216-1835. But yeah, that's Beautiful. it. Well, Leanne, thanks so much for, you know, sharing what you know and and being open to taking on this crazy conversation that we had. Uh, It was such a pleasure. (laughs) Okay. We will talk soon. And yeah, thank you for listening. Whoever listened, whoever is still listening, God love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. Please subscribe on your platform of choice and give us a five-star review. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at North Bank Media Podcast for highlights from past conversations and to be notified of upcoming episodes.